Listening to the Coffee Hour, I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live uncommon. It is time for Mental Health Monday. Time to check in with Deaconess Heidi Gaming. Good morning, Heidi. Good morning. I am so thankful that we get to meet each Monday to talk about emotions and the gospel. And this week, we continue our conversation with a new word. I'm excited. What's the word this week? Delight. Delight. It's going to be delightful, which makes me very happy. I feel like we all need this on a Monday, a delightful addition to our day. <laughs> it makes me think of dessert, but oh. we, we talked about we this did, last didn't we? It's yes. all food. Isn't there's it's, some it's kind of like weird Midwestern potluck dessert called like something delightful. You know what I mean? Well, you picture fluffy things and mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe a layer of like chocolate or fruit. I don't know, but yeah. You're right. Blueberry Delight has a layer of like blueberry pie filling and whipped cream <laughs> on. It is. It's delightful. All right. So we're, aside from dessert, Aunt Marion makes the best blueberry delight, by the way. So where, where, aside from dessert, where is there delight? Where do you find delight in your life in terms of just personal examples? You know, I... I really like this idea of like, we're going to practice the light first and then we'll talk about what it actually is. And so (laughs) let's practice it. And I would say my top three, okay, I'm not going to say top three because that's too much pressure. Three things that I experience delight in are good conversations that take a lighthearted turn, right? When you are having maybe a little moment of heaviness or something of depth, but then there's that moment that's like hilarious. Like you realize this plot twist that should have been in Black Widow or something like that. Like it's, that's really delightful to me when you find some humor in things. That's why the coffee hour is a good fit. It is, right? (laughs) Finding some humor. and Yeah, that's very delightful (laughs) to me. Another place I find delight is in cooking, but particularly, and I think I talk about this in one of my books, chopping vegetables that are colorful. That brings me a lot of delight. Like it's just, oh, it feels so creation oriented and lovely and filling at the same time. And then my third one with beans probably with one of my kids, which I don't get very often anymore because they're big, but especially my youngest, I can think of the fact that he was ill when I was ill a few weeks ago, like before, well, maybe it was before Christmas, I think. And we watched copious amounts of Lord of the Rings because we had just read the whole thing. And these, we watched the extended edition. So we're talking four plus hour movies here with like real great intellectual engagement, but also snuggles. And that was amazing, especially when you're sick. And so I think that was delightful, especially again, in a moment that felt kind of like, you know, like we were actually sick. We didn't feel good. So how about you guys? Anything you find delight in? As you're talking, my list was growing in my head. So (laughs) y'all probably don't want to hear like my top 20 because- That's That's why you practice it, though. But yes, yes, keep it to three. Three is hard, but let's see. I'm going to say the babies at church who like kind of look at your look look your way during the service and like make faces at you. I totally make faces at babies in church. Sorry, Pastor. That's definitely a thing. It's just really fun. Also in church, though, seeing my my favorite hymns. I have a hard time sitting still 
because it's just super fun. And when my husband makes me coffee at home, he just has so much fun making like lattes and fancy, fancy beverages with our muscle machine. And it's just, it's so nice. (laughs) And you said you have a hard time sitting still when singing hymns at church. Does that mean you're like kind of dancing too when you're singing? I definitely am. Luther has to elbow me to sit like an adult, but it's very hard. I should also throw in something about biking because, but that's just expected. So mm-hmm. it's yeah. funny though that sometimes the delight, well, and we'll get to why this is true, but like it comes in like the side door, right? Like, so biking is something, and I'm sure you have moments of delight in it, but it's also oh, yeah. going to stick out to you as like different than just the thing itself, oftentimes. So, delight is it's a little bit of a surprising emotion, but we can practice it to have that a little bit more in our life. So, how about you, Andy? Your Similar to yours with the, the snuggles, like bedtime snuggles, oh. reading stories, singing hymns, praying together at night, and occasionally when my son breaks into beatbox while we're. Oh, I love it! Oh my gosh, that would be so delightful. Does he know about Flame? I, yes, yes, <laughs> okay. we listen to Flame at home, <laughs> right. but it's it's done very tastefully. Sure, I mean. A, a awesome. You don't have to make excuses for us about no, that. I'm not. I'm like, I'm, that's what impresses <laughs> me. That's impressed. why it's so delightful is it's yeah. done tastefully. Mm-hmm. Well, what were we saying? Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. And he just... Really? I have wow, new appreciation. Fit. Yeah. We used to beatbox our memory verses on the way to school. Oh, like, that's yeah. because we don't do well with memory in our family. <laughs> like, we're all... Oh, mildly rebellious, maybe in that way, but like that was our way to keep it interesting. But I love it. A good beatbox goes a long way. I also, when I'm out on a trail run and I see some sort of beautiful creation, usually yeah. it's a critter mm-hmm. of some kind, yes. and I get to like witness it, especially when it's not one coming at me to attack me. But <laughs> no hugging raccoons. No hugging <laughs> raccoons. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Those are those are my top two. Okay. Yeah. They're good. They're good. Yeah. I think I would encourage the listener, obviously, to consider theirs. You know, what are two or three things that, as we said, those, like Sarah said, it's when you experience delight and you're hearing about it from someone else, just like humor or really any other, I mean, we co-regulate, right? So we're experiencing it together and that often brings up that sense in us. So you can pay attention to your body right now. When we talk about the things that are delightful for us, where are you feeling it? And then capture that for moving into where you experience delight. That is one way we find the emotions and enter into them that we want a little bit more often in our lives <laughs> so that they can be held alongside the ones maybe we don't love. Mm-hmm. We're not trying to get rid of the ones that we don't love because they just are, but we can build you know, more sense of the ones that we like to have in our systems. Mm-hmm. I think it's so fun talking about co-regulation. It's so fun in marriage, but also like in friendships and things when you're with somebody who is experiencing delight in something that they just find delightful and you're able to experience that with them. I think that's a, that's a very, a very fun, lighthearted experience too. Yeah. And I think it's pretty wild that we are experiencing, I mean, what I, I think that we are experiencing what I would consider co-regulation right now. Like you expressed that like, as I was talking, your sense of delight was building. That Mm -hmm. is co-regulation in action. And I think that's such a beautiful thing. Like we, yes, we want to be in the same room and that does help. And our brains turn on and things happen differently. But at the same time, like what, 
metaphysical things that God built into us that we can do this across the radio waves. I love it so much. It's so cool. This is so cool. So before we get too further, too much further down the rabbit hole, what is delight? I feel like we should mm-hmm. <laughs> explain what we're actually talking about now. <laughs> yeah. Well, and remember, these are the forgotten emotions of scripture. So these ones that we're doing starting this week and coming up in the next few weeks, a couple months actually, is we are going to really especially lean into that biblical basis of the human experience that we see within scripture to define these. We're we're looking then especially at the Hebrew and Greek expression of these things. And so while we do take uh, the, the modern science and understanding of it in into our minds, like this is a really cool place that we're going to like let scripture step forward absolutely first with understanding our emotions. And so delight, I define delight is an active experience of relationship and wholeheartedness. So that's my small definition written into the book and the chapter in delight. And so let's take those two things, active experience of relationship and wholeheartedness. And so delight is uniquely biblically an emotion of connection. I started diving into delight when I wrote, guess which book I wrote on that has a lot about delight in it. Any guesses you got? The one about love. I can never remember the names because I'm horrible. It's the one with the really pretty cover. Is it green? (laughs) It's the green one with the really pretty words on it. It's, yeah, it's blue green the song of Solomon the song of songs it's called what about love no it's called altogether beautiful but I mean it's that one. yeah it does have stuff about love in it it has a lot about identity and body image and relationships anyway so delight especially shows up in that book of interest for me and so it's really cool because then it's poetic language and stuff too and then you can expand on that. And so it's a very descriptive book, right? Like we we kind of experience the delight of the lovers within the Song of Solomon. And I would also turn the listener then to a book that I found by Pastor Justin Rossow. In, he's in Michigan. And he has his own publishing arm, Next Steps Press. And he wrote an entire book on delight and the delight of God in our lives and the experience of delight through that connectedness with God. And so those are some really good resources, I think, for that. But that that connectedness, that active experience of relationship is one piece of delight that's important. And then wholeheartedness. Okay, so delight pulls in our entire selves. It's, it's different than other emotions that feel pleasant to us. Like, for instance, happiness, where it's kind of a light emotion and we have an awareness of goodness, if you will. That is encompassed in delight, but delight is like, I'm all in, if you will. I give the example in the book of my friend Julie and I, when we were kids, singing full-on choreographed music videos that we made up to, you know, Madonna and Cindy Lauper and all of the best, you know, pop musicians of the time. And just like we were all into those moments and we were all into them together. And that is how I would define delight. And, you know, I brought up chopping vegetables. You brought up trail running and seeing a critter. Those are moments where especially we are connected to the creation of God and connecting to God. I think even if we don't have language for that, 
when we connect to nature, I think people are really having the experience of connecting to God. That's, you know, one thing that I think it's the book of Romans that tells us, right? Like we're kind of without excuse because like, look around you, right? We experience that natural world creative delight. And that is us experiencing connectedness with God, even if we can't define that. We're talking delight in emotions in the gospel with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman. We'll continue the conversation in just a moment right here on The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Mental Health Monday. We are talking about delight in Heidi Gaiman's book, Emotions and the Gospel. And you pointed out that delight is, relationship is key to delight. How? How? Why is relationship important for delight, to experience delight? Mm-hmm. Well, I think one thing is that's just the way that it's revealed in Scripture. Delight is a a connectedness emotion. And it is an emotion that appears to be intimate in nature too. So like in the Song of Songs, you see the two lovers experiencing delight in one another because there's a built relationship there. There's a trust wrapped around it so that I can let that vulnerability, because emotions are vulnerable, but positive emotions I think are more vulnerable than we give attention to, right? It is vulnerable to be like, I'm experiencing this really great thing because as human beings, we know that there's also the moment that that's going to be gone. And, you know, Brene Brown deals with this a lot in her literature that the most vulnerable emotion for us she talks about is joy. We're terrified of joy because we're terrified of experiencing it fully, right? That wholeheartedness of the emotion because then when it's gone, what are we left with? Um, and instead, you know, we know from psychological research, I think as well as it's supported biblically that all in, we can be, especially as Christians, all in because that, that experience is, is worth it, that God is in that experience and he's building a a full story, a full narrative. And that experience is part of that full narrative. And we can hold our delight alongside our pain. And that's going to really help us navigate the pain because then the pain isn't all there is. The brokenness isn't all there. A couple of biblical passages that I highlight in the book that might be helpful. Psalm 1, 1 and 2. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night. Now keep in mind that Old Testament concept of the law of the Lord is is the fullness, right, of God. Like, we understand that to be law and gospel. Like, we have the whole story. But, like, we're delighting 
in what God brings to us, his presence with us, his thoughts among us in his written word. There is delight in that, and that is connectedness, but it's intimacy, right? I'm not going to stand far off from God and then delight in his law. It doesn't work. Instead, I'm scared. So the delight is that signal that there's intimacy in that relationship, and it is vulnerable. Like me delighting in the law of God also means I'm going to hear some stuff I'm not I'm not in love with, but it's hard for me to hear that confession. But then that absolution that comes with it is part of the delight that passage is talking about. Another Psalm 35, verse 27, let those who delight in my righteousness shout for joy and be glad and say evermore, great is the Lord who delights in the welfare of his servant. And so I love that one because there's a back and forth delight. Like there's intimacy and delight. Can you hear it in the passages? That means it's drawing us closer to God. We're not, when we allow delight in our life, we're not really standing far from God. We're coming closer to him. I think he feels a little safer because again, it's not just brokenness and pain. There's also beauty and God's triumph, right? His righteousness is triumph and victory in our lives over sin, death, and the devil, all of that. So I think that matters for delight. Intimacy is part of it. Yeah, it does. It makes such a difference when we're experiencing brokenness to have, to know that there is delight uh, in God. And we can go to scripture to find that. I think that's that's a very important thing to remember because we will all experience brokenness and being able to hold those things together. And I don't know if it's intention maybe, but, but having those two things, being able to hold both of those things together can be a, a, a I don't know, a useful practice when we're faced with hard things in life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The, those Someone on my Facebook page, when I had Facebook, brought out, you know, I talk a lot about the tensions, like living in the tensions. And mm-hmm. They were like, what does that even mean? And that's the practice that we're talking about. You know, the world is full of tension, that there isn't just good or bad, that there isn't just delight. And I think sometimes, again, that's vulnerable. Like we want it to only be delight when we've experienced it. The reality is, is that that fuller experience comes from holding the stuff that's rough alongside the stuff that like feels good in our system and letting them both be present. That is a really good place for us then to be able to see God more fully instead of just the pieces of him that we like or the pieces of him that are really challenging for us. So you mentioned, I don't know, a few minutes ago that sometimes we, we're we're reluctant to be like all in with delight because then what happens when it's not there? So what what does happen if a relationship doesn't have delight? Um, Again, the practice of it. So there's a, a teaching in dialectical behavior therapy that says that behavior can impact emotion in the same way that it emotion impacts behavior. And we know that emotions are informants, not leaders, right? We go through that again and again. And one way we step into that belief that emotions are informants, not leaders, is by um, going on that front end of behavior impacting emotion. And so we, like we just at the top of this radio show, practice delight when it doesn't just organically come up in our system. You know, in our culture, we really... And and with movies and entertainment and things like that, I think the depiction of emotion is often that organic experience. Like, here it is. I'm delighted. And that's really 
great, but not the way that we have to experience emotion. We can also practice that emotion, settle on it. I have in the end of every chapter that has an, one of these forgotten emotions of scripture, a notice and name chart. So it's just a way to practice that. So notice and name delight. What gifts around you do you find delightful? So just having a moment like we did where you see delight, that can be something that you share with one another and then let that be a connector. You don't you don't even have to do the work of being like, how do we see it the same way? Like that's not how it works. I mean, we will never be God and we still want to connect with him on delight and these different emotions. And so just what do you find delightful in sharing that with God or the person that your relationship maybe is absent of this substance? Then that can grow that connection. And sharing is really, you know, the meat of life and relationships. And so let that grow from there. And there's a couple other questions, but I would say that's just a good start to just notice and do what we did, co-regulate together around delight. And you've, you've, I think, touched on this just in, in what you just shared, but some, some tips, some practical tips for practicing acknowledging delight. There's a concept I read about a couple of years ago called the art of noticing. <laughs> and I'm a big fan of noticing. Noticing is the act of bringing to conscious awareness something that was relegated to our subconscious. I mean, we're just walking through the world and there's so much to see and do and experience that we can't just be conscious of everything. We're often taking things in instead noticing. So this is why we made our list of three so that I can notice those things a little bit more. I hope, Sarah, like for instance, you have a little bit of a different experience tomorrow morning when you drink your coffee from your husband or when you sit in church with that hymn or Andy, when you go on your run and see a critter because you brought it to your conscious awareness. And so make your small list. I one time, Deb Burma, who wrote her study of joy, had people write an acronym of their name, you know, Heidi, H-E-I-D-I, and then put things of joy in their lives based on each letter of their name. I think that would be a really fun thing to do with delight, like something to help you get started, or just like us to do the three things that you notice delight in. That might be challenging for you. Take your time, right? Let it alight upon you, but also step into it. Be like, I'm going to find myself some delight today. I'm going to look for that connection between me and God and me and other people that feels really wholehearted, that feels like I want to be all into this and experience this. That's delight. You can also, just like all these other emotions, there's more scripture in the book, Emotions of the Gospel Created for Connection. And there's also related words in each section. So joy, gladness, pleased, satisfied, longing, exult. There's a bunch of different ones. So you can also look at those terms in scripture if this is an emotion that you're looking for a little bit more of in your life. Where else do we see this in scripture? I know you mentioned Psalms. Where else can we go to study more about about delight and God's delight in us? There's Isaiah is a really great one. And we, I talk in the book a lot about the emotion of desolation, which is another one of my favorite forgotten emotions of scripture, desolation. And Isaiah talks about desolation a lot, but it often has this foil of 
redemption, of course, with desolation or like being not left alone. Desolation is where we're abandoned, alone, you know, like the desert life, if you will. But when God brings his redemption in, his delight is often present. And so Isaiah is an interesting one with that. That's a good place to go. I guess, you know, the minor prophets, they just really come through on things like this. And partly because what we talked about with that, noticing all the pain, they're, they do a really good job of holding God's faithfulness, God's presence, God's uh, delight alongside all the things that are really hard and the ways that we, you know, don't do a good job as humans on this earth and the way that the world around us fails us and stuff too. And so I would say, like, just get real curious and open up those minor prophets too and look for that delight alongside those things they're decrying that are challenging for us. Having talked about this now, starting to establish a little bit longer list of things I find delight in. Yes. There's many things I want to say. Yes. Mine involves more food, though. So of course sorry. it does. <laughs> this is not surprising to anybody. <laughs> Delight in emotions and the gospel. You can find more of Heidi's writing and, and more things about her, more information about her books at HeidiGaiman.com. We'll include the link in the program notes today as well. As always, Heidi, thanks for joining us for Mental Health Monday and the great insights you provided. Hey, thanks for having me. It will be very exciting to move on to distract next week. That will be really delightful for all of us. Join us for distress next week. It'll be great. <laughs> You've been listening to Mental Health Monday on the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere. Anywhere.